0: This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. If you Google Jesus Christ, and if those of you who don't know what Google is, just hang on for a few moments. But those of you who do Uh, are a little bit internet savvy, if you Google the words Jesus Christ, and I challenge you to do that, go ahead and check me out, but I mean, it's up here on the screen, coming soon, right there it is, the Google page for Jesus Christ, you can't read what it says up top, but up top says Jesus Christ, and then it tells you, uh, right below Jesus Christ, about 126 Million results. Now, when I, when I, when I, re- while doing all my research, I did this early in the week, it was 121 million. Five million more additional mentions, articles about Jesus Christ have been added on, on the internet just since Monday. Five million more. 126 million things you can read on the internet about Jesus Christ. The very first one, by the way, because it has been to, to be the top one under that. You know, to get the very first one, you got to pay for it, right? It's not just the randomly chosen. Very first one uh, to be in that spot is by the Mormons. So, if you click on their site, and you you'll, you may find out what they believe about Jesus Christ. And and if you do, you'll find out that they believe in a very different Jesus than the one that's found in the Bible. In fact, if you do some research on Jesus. You'll find out, if you just Google Jesus and start reading some stuff to see what people are saying, you'll find some very differing and conflicting ideas about who he was. Some say he never claimed to be God. I've heard, I've heard people say that. He never, that was never, nothing Jesus ever said Some say that later, it was later in the first century that his followers made him God. In fact, one of the things that I want to do, um, maybe this week if I get the chance, and I'm not sure how to do this, but I'm sure Google will help me, but uh, I want to go and see the month of December, especially on cable TV, gets filled up with specials on like the National Geographic channel and the Discovery channel and the History channel, those educational channels, you know, about um, stuff about Christ and about his birth, and about the Bible, and about all that stuff. And, uh, you, there, I mean, you can every night, you can either watch what, my, what Gail would prefer to watch, go to the Hallmark Channel and watch these sappy Christmas romance stories. Right? They're all the same. All the, I go looking for another TV in the house to watch a football game or something, you know. And, uh, but you can, you can turn on the TV, and every night this month, you'll be able to find something Historical, scientific about the where did the star come from? What was that all? All that stuff is on there, and I've watched. Have you watched some of that stuff before? You find that a lot of it. Where did they get this stuff from? You know, where where are they? Where are they coming up with some of these things? It's all out there. Some say he was a great humanitarian. Some say he was a humble teacher. Arguably, the maybe the best man who ever lived. Now, if you know Google, you probably also know Wikipedia. How many know Wikipedia, all right? Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia. Let me read, it's, it's a little bit lengthy, but let me read what Wikipedia says. If you type in Jesus and go to Wikipedia, here's what you will read. Jesus is the central figure of Christianity. By the way, as I read through this, kind of make mental notes of, well, how, where did they get that? How do they come up with that conclusion? Jesus is the central figure of Christianity. I agree with that. That's a good one. Most Christian denominations venerate him as God the Son incarnated and believe that he rose from the dead after being crucified. The principal sources of information regarding Jesus are the four canonical gospels, And most biblical scholars find them useful for reconstructing Jesus' life and teachings. I find that interesting that most biblical scholars say the Gospels help us out in knowing who Jesus is. What do the others do? I I haven't figured that out. But Wikipedia says most. Where am I here? Scholars have correlated the New Testament accounts with non Christian historical records. This is true. Josephus, for example, the first century Jewish historian, makes mention of Jesus. They've correlated New Testament accounts with non Christian historical records to arrive at an estimated chronology for the major episodes in the life of Jesus. Most critical historians agree that Jesus was a Galilean Jewish rabbi who was regarded as a teacher and healer in Judea, that he was baptized by John the Baptist and that he was crucified in Jerusalem on the orders of the Roman prefect Pontius Pilate on the charge of sedition against the Roman Empire. Critical biblical scholars and historians have offered competing descriptions of Jesus as a self-described Messiah, as the leader of an apocalyptic movement as an itinerant sage, as a charismatic healer, and as the founder of an independent religious movement. Most contemporary scholars of the historical Jesus consider him to have been an independent charismatic founder of a Jewish restoration movement, anticipating a future apocalypse. Other prominent scholars, however, contend that Jesus' kingdom of God meant radical personal and social transformation instead of a future apocalypse. Christians traditionally believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, performed miracles, founded the church, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven from which he will return. The majority of Christians worship Jesus as the incarnation of God the Son and the second person of the Blessed Trinity. A few Christian groups, however, reject reject Trinitarianism, wholly or partly, believing it to be non-scriptural. Most Christian scholars today present Jesus as the awaited Messiah promised in the Old Testament and as God arguing that he fulfilled many Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. Judaism rejects assertions that Jesus was the awaited Messiah, arguing that he did not fulfill the Messianic prophecies in the Tamak, In Islam, Jesus is considered one of God's most important prophets, a bringer of scripture and the product of a virgin birth, but not the victim of crucifixion. Islam and the Baha'i faith use the title Messiah for Jesus, but do not teach that he was God Incarnate. So if you're like a lot of people, you know, when I don't know something and maybe I'm watching something on TV or I read about something in the news and I don't know much about it, it's real easy for me to flip open my laptop and get on Wikipedia and type in whatever I'm looking and, and get some information about it. And hopefully the information I'm getting about it is accurate. Hopefully it's true. And, uh, and I do that probably daily. I'm on Wikipedia to find out about maybe somebody says, you know, somebody on Facebook talks about their husband has got some kind of disease or some kind of sickness, and I have no idea what it is. I'll click on there and go to Wikipedia, and it'll tell me about the sickness. So I'll, at least I have a clue of what they're going through. Imagine the people on this planet who don't know anything about Jesus Christ, but they want to learn something, and they do this very thing. They go on the computer, on the internet. They punch in his name, and 126 million, and this was as of, what, yesterday, Roxanne? This Google thing, was that of yesterday? So it's probably getting closer to 130 million by today. Entries. Which one do I go to to find out the truth? Where do I turn to find out about knowledge, about who Jesus really is? Do I turn to pop culture? Well, pop culture has a lot of interesting things to say about Jesus How they and pop culture, how it perceives Jesus today. For example, there's an online store where you can buy T-shirts and mugs that say this, Jesus is my homeboy. All right? Jesus is my homeboy, and, and it's a, you can buy a T-shirt, you can buy mugs, and it's a statement that the Creator he got this idea because one day he, he lives in, I guess lives in Los Angeles, and he's in South Central LA, and he was being mugged by a bunch of gangbangers. And as they're beating him up and kicking him, he starts yelling, Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is my homeboy. And when he said that, they stopped and left him alone. In fact, one of the muggers said, Jesus is my homeboy too. So I find that interesting, don't you? Um, So now you can go online and you can buy these t-shirts and you can buy mugs with that imprint on it. In fact, celebrities like Pamela Anderson has been photographed wearing this t-shirt. How many of you, you know, some of you guys, you can imagine what that looks like, huh? Are you okay there, Bonnie? (laughs) But so has Ben Affleck. Is that better? Okay. <laughs> Jessica Simpson, you know, a, a lot of ce- celebrities have been seen wearing this T-shirt. He's, he's somewhat of a, of a cultural t- trend. Somebody in the last gathering was telling me that, that she, was, she was looking for some things last year, Christmas shopping, and apparently she did a, a Google thing, and she found a toaster that you can buy. You know where this is going? You put your bread in it, and when it pops up, guess whose face is on the bread? <laughs> You can find Jesus' bobbleheads, 1695, at Amazon. You can find Jesus' action figures. There he is riding a motorcycle, or if, if you're a surfer. You can buy, listen now, you can, you can buy shaving mugs with Jesus on it, and he's holding a pair of scissors and a comb, or clippers, yeah, right there. You can you can buy you can buy a pair you can buy sandals for when you go walking on the beach and when you walk on the sand the imprints that it leaves behind says Jesus loves you. <laughs> That's how I'm going to witness this summer. How about you? <laughs> I love Jesus. So do I. All right. Mike Dirnt, the birth pl- bur- the birth the bass player for Green Day says. Quote, I'm down with J.C., he's cool. The musician Moby says, I really love Christ. I think that the wisdom of Christ is the highest, strongest wisdom I've ever encountered. Pop culture has a lot of things to say and offer about Jesus. In his book, I love this book. I read this book a couple of years ago. heard this man speak. Uh, Dan Kimball wrote a book called They Like Jesus, But Not the Church. And he writes that quote, he says, "Many people today say they like Jesus, but who is this Jesus they're talking about? Even if you walked into a Christian bookstore where you would think Christian bookstore people inside, probably what? Christians. They're looking for Christian material books, Bibles, etc. If you walked into a Christian bookstore and asked Christians, who are there? Customers, maybe people that work there. What do you think of Jesus? you might, after getting their answers, might wonder, what Jesus are they talking about? It seems the Jesus of the Bible isn't always the same as the Jesus we see either in pop culture or even in the Christian subculture in places like Christian bookstores or even in churches. What do you really know about Jesus, by the way? If I were to hand out Slip of paper to everybody and say, I want you to write down a list. It's going to take five minutes, and you write down in five minutes as many things you know about Jesus as you possibly can. What would your list look like? How long would the list go after you wrote, oh, he loves me. He died for my sins. How far would you go beyond that? Yes, indeed, he does love us, and certainly he died for our sins, but there's much, much more to him than that. Turn to pop culture. You can turn to some churches, for example, and don't turn to this church, but you've heard of the Westboro Baptist Church. They're in the news a lot, the church that hates everybody, preaches hate out of Kansas. One of their spokespeople said, when you see the Westboro Baptist Church standing on the street, you see Christ. We're the ones who are following Christ. You can't separate Jesus Christ from his word, and his word says that he hates people. And people are listening to that. In fact, people hear that and they come to me because they know I'm the pastor at a Baptist church and they want to know, hey, what do you think about the Westboro Baptist Church? Do you believe in the same Christ that they do? And the answer is, don't believe so. But they're out there in this world representing some kind of a Jesus. The pop culture Jesus is the friend of, who stands up for the poor and needy and is a revolutionary for the oppressed. They focus his message on love, never hate. He doesn't really judge anybody, except for the religious hypocrites. As long as you love other people, pop culture, this generation might say, to as long as you love other people and are happy, then Jesus is happy with you. It's not really so important that he literally died on a cross and shed his blood for anybody's sins, that he rose from the dead or even that he's God's only son. What matters to a lot of folks is that Jesus loved, except the hypocrites, but Jesus loved and he was a man of peace who taught us not to judge others. Many would simply say that Jesus is the most important human who ever lived, that he came the closest, some would say, to reaching and modeling the ideal man, what we could really be if we were like Jesus. Here's a video I want you to watch. These some random people in the street who give their thoughts about life's most important question. He was born and he became this like prophet for eventually what would become Christianity and then at the age of 32 he died at the cross and it's like three days later he was resurrected. I don't have an Jesus. I believe that religion was just created to control the masses really. Jesus is the our Lord and Savior that died on the cross for us for our sins. Jesus is a... Uh, person that existed that continues to enrich the lives of people every day. Jesus is God's son and he was sent to save our sins. I think he is a pretty cool guy. He had a, a peaceful philosophy. I think he's misinterpreted by a lot of people. He's the savior of this world. I don't know, because I don't really believe in him, so I don't really think anything of him. I mean, he could have been a real person. I mean, I'm sure he was. I mean, I'm sure he was just, you know, good at what he did or something. I feel that Jesus is a modern-day scapegoat. Jesus is God, I think. Yeah, I just learned that. Uh, Jesus was a man, from what I figure. Who is Jesus? He was a dude back in the day. Pretty awesome. He had a beard. He was just kind of a guy with a really unique, positive message that kind of gave a lot of people a lot of hope. He probably existed, but I don't believe that he was the son of God or anything. He died on the cross for us and uh, saved us and rose again from the dead. I wanted to sound smart, but... (laughs) Jesus asked his disciples one day a question, a couple of questions, about his identity. He wanted to know, you guys have been out and about and you've been following me around, and you've been going to the towns and the villages where I've been going and hearing me teach, and you've been conversing with the with the residents, and you kind of know what the talk is around town about me. I sent you out two by two into different places to do my work and preach my gospel and, and do some healing and different things. And, and as you come back, I will kind of want to get an idea one of the first questions he, had, he wanted, wanted to know was, well, what do people say about me? And then the second question is, what do you say about me? It's in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, these 12 men, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they came back with some answers. Here's what we've heard. Some say, you're John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist had been killed. Some say... He must, you must be him come back some say you're, others say you're Elijah or and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets these are Old Testament prophets who have been dead for hundreds of years verse 15 but you he asked them who do you say that I am who do you say that I am Here's some, th- some of the things that the Bible says about Jesus, just kind of to run through some things. We're going to expound on these in the next couple of weeks, uh, but I want you to, to kind of get a glimpse, and maybe if you're our guests, here's some of the things that we believe about Jesus Christ, the Bible says about him. It says that he is God. He's one of the three personalities of God in the Trinity. He's co-equal with God the Father and God the Spirit in power and in nature and in glory. He eternally exists, which means he had no beginning and he has no end. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and given birth as human, as man in flesh by a virgin girl named Mary. He was descended from the royal line of David, making him an heir to the throne of Israel. He was the promised Messiah or or Christ that Israel had waited for. He was a Jewish rabbi or teacher whose teaching confounded his critics. He performed many miracles during his three years of public ministry and miracles over nature and miracles of healing and so forth. He showed incredible compassion for the weak and for the poor and for children and the diseased and and people who were the outcasts of society. In fact, he chose rather to associate with those kinds of people instead of the religious leaders of his time. He was a man of emotion, weeping for Israel's unbelief, overturning tables in anger set up by thieves in the temple. He was tempted to sin, just like you and me. No different in that regard, but yet he never gave in to those temptations, so Jesus never sinned. He came willingly from his eternal position as the God of the universe, as the Creator, he came willingly from heaven to become a man so that he could bear our sin and die our death, that which was a death of shame, crucifixion as a criminal, a death of humility on the cross for us. He was buried in a grave, and after three days, he rose again from the dead, alive one more time. He ascended into heaven. Many days after that, 40 days or so after that, he ascended into heaven. And that happened in front of many witnesses. And in the context of that ascension, he promised his disciples uh, through an angel that he's coming back. He would return to one day set up his kingdom. Where is he now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. What's he doing? The Bible tells us this, that he's praying for you and me who have accepted him as Savior. That's what we believe about Jesus Christ. Why do we believe those things? Why is it important to believe all that? A couple of reasons. Number one, we believe all that because the Bible tells us it's true. The Bible says so. And secondly, we believe that because for most of us in this room, maybe all of us, I don't know. Again, I can't look in anyone's heart. But for many of us, he has this person, Jesus Christ has changed our lives in unmistakable ways. And so as we approach Christmas, here we are, the first Sunday in December. And as we approach Christmas, the 25th, the day that that has been chosen for whatever reason to be the birth date of Jesus, and by the way, nobody knows what day Jesus was born on, but we celebrate it on the 25th. As we approach that day, when Christendom all around the world Stops and pauses to remember his birth. We're going to take these Sundays in this month, today and the next two Sundays, that will be the 11th and the 18th, and then again on Christmas Eve, on Saturday night, Christmas Eve, and we're going to spend this month to see if we can find from the Scriptures the truth about Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to do this month. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to look for Jesus in the Bible. We're going to find out. And and here's here's kind of, let me give you a preview. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a verse from the first chapter of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, I believe it's verse 8. And in that verse, Jesus says these words. It's a quote from him. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and who is and who is to come. And that's going to be our outline this month. We're going to look at the one who was and who is and who is to come this month of December. So I hope you'll be back and, uh, and, and study these things with us. But it, it, it begs the question that I hope you're asking, and, and people are going to want to know why you believe what you believe. Why is it so important that we be accurate about Jesus? Why is it so important that we know the truth about him? Why is it so important that we can, when we hear things that are being said by, by culture or by by skeptics or by the critical historians and, and and those, you know, whoever it might be, scientists who deny that this miracle could have happened, why is it so important that we know who Jesus is? Let me give you a few reasons as we wrap up this morning. Number one. I don't know that this is the most important reason, but maybe so. Number one, it's because everyone's eternity will depend on what we do with Jesus. Everyone, every person who lives, their eternal status, where they go after they die, depends on what that person does with Jesus Christ. I'm frequently called on to minister to folks at the most tragic times of their lives. Happened last Sunday evening. I was at home enjoying a nice, quiet evening at home and watching a football game that I wasn't really happy with. And uh, and I got a call to leave and go to a home where a 44-year-old man had died unexpectedly. And that happens a lot in my role with, with as chaplain with the fire department. I get called to minister to people when, when, when their loved ones die unexpectedly. Sometimes it's, I go to their home. Sometimes it's on the highway, at, a, at the scene of a traffic accident. Sometimes it's on the beach at a drowning. Sometimes it's at the hospital. It could be anywhere. But that happens a lot. I have, a, in the last few years, a lot of experience doing that. And very often, as I, as I meet with these loved ones and family members, I'll find out some things about this one who has died. They'll, they'll just give me information. I don't necessarily have to ask for it. But very often, I find out about the person who's died. He didn't really have any kind of faith. This person had no real relationship with the Lord. In fact, sometimes they just let me know, and sometimes it's because of the way the person dies. You know, this person lived a life in rebellion to what Christ stood for. And but but yet, so often as I talk with people and, and seek to help bring them some comfort and some guidance as to what happens next and and where they go from here, often. I hear the assumption being made that it doesn't matter how they lived or who they were or what they believed, now they're in heaven. Well, Jesus had some things to say about how to get to heaven. We're going to be talking about that in the next few weeks because how I answer this question, what I believe about Jesus, determines eternity for me, for you. A second reason why we're doing this and we want, why we want to know as much as we can in this, in this length of time about Jesus, why we need to know with clarity who he is is because we do need to be clear on who he is and who he is not. There is a lot of confusion. Again, 126 million entries. I guarantee not all of them are telling the truth. In fact, I would guess most of them have some error in them somewhere. A lot of confusion, a lot of differing opinion and belief about Jesus. There are religious groups that claim to be within the realm of Christianity, yet they believe in a different Jesus than the one that is found in the Bible. I read you that quote from the Westboro Baptist Church. The Jesus they believe in is not the Jesus I see in the Bible. It's very different. And if he is our savior, Nags said, Church, if he is our Lord, if he is the one we're waiting for to behold for eternity, if he truly makes a difference in your life and in my life and in our lives as a congregation, it only makes sense, it's only logical that we need to know as much about him and we need to know him personally as well as we can. Does that make sense to you? We need to be clear on who Jesus is and who he is not. A third reason is this, and I think this is so crucial. There is no better time of the year to share Jesus with the world. Than right now. The month of December, Christmas time. It's like God every December it's like after, you know, starting with Black Thursday or Black Friday. Well, it starts on Thursday now, doesn't it? You go out in midnight, man, it's please it's like God says every year following Thanksgiving in the month of December, it's like God says, hey, Christians, I'm gonna make it really easy for you for a whole month to tell your friends about me. I'll make it real easy. Well, how easy does he make it? Well, you turn on the radio and you hear Christmas music. Now, I realize not all the songs are really necessarily about Jesus, but they're songs about the Christmas season. People are sending out Christmas cards. Christmas cards. People are, you know, like I've done, and I hope this doesn't upset you, and I hope it doesn't upset the people that I meet. But, but, you know, yesterday we went to the parade, the Christmas parade. I have to tell you this story. I almost hesitate to say this in church, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, but, but we asked, we asked our, our, last night around the dinner table, we asked Evane, our two-year-old granddaughter, what was the best thing about the Christmas parade? Now you can imagine what a two year old might say our two year old granddaughter said it was the horse pooping <laughs> I mean, right in front of us, horse came by pulling a wagon, and nature called, and she thought that was incredible I laughed, I just busted up. But, but after the parade, we went, to, we went out to eat in a restaurant, and, and the guy that served us, and, and we had our lunch, and, and, and after he, you know, he, he left and he was done, he said, he said to us, he said, he said, Happy Holidays to you. And I said, Merry Christmas to you. And I do that, you know, I go to the stores and the people, at the cash registers, and they often will say, Happy Holidays. And I quit very quickly. I don't want to say, What? I don't want to... What did you say to me? I don't, you know, you can't have that kind of holiday. Are you a pagan or what? You know, you, you can't, you don't go that, but you do say Merry Christmas to you. And we're going to hear those kind of greetings and, and you're putting up Christmas decorations at home and, and, uh, and, and in your workplace and, and in the bank they're wearing Santa Claus hats and, and all those kinds of things all around us that are being done in our culture, in our society to celebrate Christmas however people understand it. And that's an opening of some doors for you and I who know Jesus to walk through that door and explain, hey, I know Jesus. Let me tell you how we have this relationship and how this came about. I'm so glad you're celebrating Christmas. I am too. I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It opens up these incredible doors like no other time of the year. Maybe they, those folks, maybe your friends and your cohorts and your coworkers and your, your classmates, maybe they, know, they everybody in this country just about, I would think, knows that Christmas is about something about Jesus' birth. Maybe not. But that may be the only tidbit they know. But they're curious about him. And right now, they're more open to hearing you and more willing to allow you to talk about him because it is his birthday that's coming up after all. And let you tell about your relationship with him. I hope you will. That's why we have this concert this Wednesday night and, and Friday night. We want you all to come uh, Wednesday night and Friday night to, the, to our Christmas concert. A band will be up here, and it's an awesome thing. And those of you who have been before and you've heard our band, you know you're not going to hear... You know, stuff like Bing Crosby and, and, and Perry Como. You're going to hear some uh, some, uh, you know, some really great music that honors Christ in his, in his contemporary fashion. But here's what it is we want you to come, but we don't want you to come alone. We want you to bring your folks that you work with and your neighbors and invite people to come with us because everybody likes to hear Christmas music. And so here's an opportunity to do that Wednesday night and, and Friday night. So, why? Because this is the best time of the year to share Jesus when you talk to people about Christ and they want to know more about him, it's very important that you and I are able to tell them the truth, not give our opinions, and certainly not give them any error. There's no better time of the year to share Jesus with the world. Number four, Jesus came to be known and received. Why is it important that we talk about Christ, that we know who he is? Because he came to be known, and he came to be received as we We begin to close out this morning. Let me ask you that same question that Jesus asked these 12 disciples. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say Jesus is? How would you answer that question? If he was to walk in the room right now and sit down beside you and call you by name and say, what do you think about me? Who do you say that I am? It's the most important question of life because how you and I answer that question will determine how we live, not only right now for the rest of the life that we have on this earth, but it will determine where we live for eternity. The Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament make it very clear that He lived and He died. And he rose from the dead to provide forgiveness for our sins and to guarantee us eternal life with him in heaven. And all we're told to do to gain that, to get that, to be in on that is to know and receive him, to accept that forgiveness and accept that life, and that means to believe and trust in him alone. First John or not first John, but John, the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse twelve. Says it really clearly. Read that verse. Let's read that aloud together. Would you read it with me? But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who worked really hard, to all who got religious, to all who went to church, to all who never missed a Sunday in Sunday school, to all who gave money in the offering plate, to all who got baptized. Is that what it says? No. It says to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I, I did that my personal story is as a ten-year-old boy. It was explained to me that going to church and being good was not what God required. And on that day, that time, as a as a as a as a child, very simply, I trusted Christ. Now, as a ten-year-old, I didn't know a lot of theology, and I didn't know, I had no idea, Sam, what Christology meant. Didn't know what Greek word kenosis. I don't even know that I know what it means now, Scott, but I I, I didn't know a whole lot about, about Christ. Not a whole lot. I knew I've been to Sunday school and I listened. I didn't know everything about him, and maybe you don't either, but here's what I did know. I did know that he was the Son of God. I know I knew that the Bible said that belief in him was the only way to eternal life, to live in heaven. And as a 10 year old boy, I was probably no different than most of you in this room. I did not want to go to hell. That wasn't where I wanted to end up. I was kind of scared of that idea. And here somebody said, you want to go to heaven? Accept Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And I said, count me in on that. So with faith, I accepted his death on the cross as God's payment for me. And at that very moment that I believed in him, that I received him, the Bible says that God gave me eternal life. I didn't have to do anything else. It was done. Just believe. Jesus, talking to one of his friends in a conversation in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, said, I am the resurrection. That means coming back to life from death. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will die will live excuse me even after dying everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die there are a couple of great words i want us to look at in that passage as we close one is the word anyone Some people think I've met these folks and you have too, I bet. They think, you know, but you don't know my life. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. You don't know where I've done. You don't know my background. You don't know all my junk. You don't know all the issues that I have. You don't know how I've been mistreated or how I've mistreated others. And they think they've done too much wrong for Jesus to love them and to offer them everlasting life. But I look at this verse, and Jesus says very simply, anyone, and he doesn't put any conditions on that, anyone who does this. That includes anyone here today, by the way. The second word that I think jumps out in that verse is the word everyone. Everyone. Kind of like anyone, but different. That's a promise that if you accept Jesus Christ for who he is, he said, Everyone who lives in me, believes in me, will never ever die. It's a promise that if you accept Jesus for who he is, that means you believe that he died in your place to pay for your sin. He said, The promise is this you will never ever die. Doesn't mean you won't. Kick the bucket. Doesn't mean you won't physically die. You will. I will. But he's talking about the body dies, but the spirit moves on to live forever with him in heaven. Promise. Anyone. Everyone. Listen, God will not ever ask you to be accountable for what anyone else believes about Jesus. I can look back in my family tree and I can tell you, my great-grandfather was a circuit-riding Methodist preacher. I never heard my great-grandfather preach. I think I only met him once, and that was when I was a baby. I don't remember it. But I'll bet my great-grandfather preached the gospel. I guess my great-grandfather probably is in heaven. Some Methodists probably are, don't you think? And I think he, he probably is. I don't know, but I'm going to... But I, God's not going to ask me when I stand before him one day... Rick, why should I let you into heaven? And I, if I say, well, you remember, God, my great-grandpa was a preacher. It <laughs> doesn't count. God's not going to ever hold you accountable for what anyone else believes in, about Jesus. But one day when you stand before him, he will ask you the question. He'll ask me the question, who do you say Jesus is? See, it's the one question none of us can afford to get wrong. It's Christmas time. Are you excited about it? I am. I love the decorations. I love to see them. I love the, how people kind of get a little cheery around this time. But you know, no doubt you've heard about Jesus probably all your life like me. All my life I've heard about Jesus. Like my, my grandkids as they gather around our house. Gail's, Gail's got a, a, a hobby of sorts of, of collecting manger scenes. And we have them from all over places we've traveled. And she's got, I bet, I know there's at least what a half a dozen manger scenes under our Christmas tree right now, and it's neat to see the little grandkids come and sit and look at them and identify the characters. There's baby Jesus, and there's Mary, and there's Joseph, and and uh, and you know the the wise men, and the shepherds, and the sheep, and and the one that Gail grew up with uh, that she that we have under a tree. There's the 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 white reindeer with the missing a leg. It's there too, and, and they identify. All the, and I grew up like that too, knowing about Jesus. But the big question is, who do you say that he is? And maybe you've known about him all your life, but do you know him? If there's never been a moment in, in, a, in time in your life when you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, my encouragement to you I'm glad you're here today. And if that's you, I would love to say to you right now, I couldn't think of anything better to say to you than why don't you do that right now? Would you bow your head with me? And maybe that's you. Maybe you can honestly say, you know, Rick, I've known a lot about him. Maybe you've been to church all your life. Maybe you've never been to church. Makes no difference. But maybe you would say, I've known a lot about him, but I've never known him. I've never really accepted him, believed in him, and put my total trust and faith in Jesus. And and now I realize that, and that's what I want to do. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and there's nobody looking but God and me, if that's you and you say, right now I would like to do this, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to ask you to stand up and walk and come down or or do anything. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I would like to pray for you. And if that's you and you say, today, Rick, is the day I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. I want to accept him for who he is, the Son of God who loved me enough to die for me and forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life in heaven. And I want to put my faith and trust in him today. Would you just let me know, simply so I can, I'm not going to pray your name. I just want to know so I can pray. Rick, that's me today. And just slip your hand up in the air. Hold it there for a second. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? I'll wait just another second. All right, let's, let's pray. But first of all, let me say, before, before I pray, let me say to you that raise your hand, all you need to do is right this moment, you don't need to say any words, you don't, it's not a prayer that you pray. It's belief from your heart where you express to God, I'm accepting your son Jesus now as my Savior. I'm believing in him. He's changing my life, and I know you're going to do that in my life. I know you're going to give me everlasting life because today I receive Christ. Father, this is what Christmas is about. The greatest gift that could ever be given was the one you gave in your son as he was born, but then, Father, as he died on the cross and then as you raised him from the dead so we could have everlasting life. And this morning, there are some who have said, I want to do that right now. So I pray that right here in this moment, that's exactly what their hearts are expressing to you. They are by faith accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. Help those of us who already know him, Lord, to use this month of December, this time, that you've given us to celebrate. Not only put up the decorations and send the cards and sing the songs, but walk through open doors that you provide for us to share this wonderful story and how it's changed our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.